Well, hello there and welcome to our September episode of the Urban Gardener podcast, where we help you turn up your gardening knowledge with timely tips and tricks from gardening experts with the focus on trying to help you be successful gardening in the city. Um, my name is Josh Campbell, and I am urban agriculture and natural resources educator here uh, at the Oklahoma County OSU Extension Office with my pal, Julia. I'm Julia Laughlin. I'm the Oklahoma County horticulture educator in the Oklahoma OSU Oklahoma County Extension office. And yeah, and we make a mean team, don't we? We do. We're and getting, we, we dig urban gardening. We do. And we, <laughs> we are we are so grateful that we have some help to improve the podcast. We've got our, our, our trusty assistant, Kate, who is behind the scenes, and we'll maybe introduce you to her at another time. But uh, you may notice if you've listened at any length to our episodes that we've gotten a little bit better each time. So hopefully we'll really uh, nail this thing as we get several more episodes under our belt. And bring you some fun and interesting yeah, tips that yeah, you we, might not know. We hope to, to really um, spice things up yep. and share some interesting things. So uh, as always, we like to remind you that we have a fact sheet website. And Julia, tell us what the website is. OSUfacts.okstate.com. Edu. Yeah, that's close enough. Yeah, that's the first time I've ever gotten it right. <laughs> you can yeah, actually you can type in just about any combination yeah. of OSU facts or facts yeah. OSU. I and, and put it'll in take fa- you OSU fact sheets yeah. all the time, but yeah, it's easy and when you get there, everything's at your fingertips. Right. That little search bar at the top is a powerful tool. You type in any search term you're interested in, it'll take you to some good topics. But being that it's the first of September, right. um, we are going to talk a little bit about cool season vegetable gardens. Yeah, we did this last month too because you could start some stuff in August. But what's really cool, Josh, is right now with the weather change in Oklahoma, we've cooled down after a really hot summer. Um, it's going to be the perfect little window for you to grow greens, radishes, turnips, spinach. You could still get some beets in. It's a little bit late for carrots, but they're hard to grow anyway. If you if you're really um, getting to be a pretty experienced gardener or if you want to spend some extra money and try some baby carrots this fall, you could plant those right now too. But it's just a window between now and mid to late September when you can still get all this cool season stuff in. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think a lot of people forget that the fall in Oklahoma really affords you the opportunity to have some some great vegetable gardening. It does. Depending on what our fall is like, and this would be true true anywhere in the country, but for Oklahoma, sometimes we have almost an Indian summer. Mm-hmm. Well, we do have Indian summers, you know, where mm-hmm. we ha- actually have beautiful fall weather and then we get a frost or a light freeze and then it looks Warms beautiful right again. Yeah. yeah. And this um, unusual weather patterns we're having across the world right now. But even in a normal fall season, we it can be very prolonged and you can have beautiful, beautiful gardens like this, you know, that showing on um, if you're on YouTube. Uh, we've got the capability to grow leaf lettuces from seed right now. You could even grow head lettuces from seed right now. Like you might not get real gigantic romaine heads from seed, but you for sure would get giant, beautiful butter crunches if you put them in right now. Mm-hmm. And and they're, I mean, you throw the seed out, you thin it out to a little seedling, um, and and in you know about six weeks you'll have something ready for the dinner table. Yeah. And organic, you don't need any pesticides. Throw a little organic fertilizer on there. You can buy that anywhere now, and mm-hmm. 
it's fun, especially if, if you have kids or maybe grandkids. It's a really fun thing to do is to grow some food. We always throw out um, a little bit of spinach and usually some lettuce in in the, the fall. And, and it just, it's bulletproof for us. It is. In the, in the fall. It is. I have friends, and I honestly uh, don't remember if I've ever made this happen, but I have friends that cover their spinach, and we have those mild winters, and they'll have spinach through till the spring. Mm-hmm. Certainly farmers will do that instead of, inside of high tunnels. They grow them, you know, where they're protected they certainly grow it all winter and no problem. So you can do it. We just, um, we got to get in that window of, of early September and get stuff in the ground. So we've got a great fact sheet, Josh. Yeah. So um, the, the fall gardening fact sheet is a really great one. And, uh, tell us a little bit about that, Julia. It kind of goes through some of the, um, preparation, but also yeah. planting dates, right? Yep. It's what's, I think why it's a, a little great field guide is it because it tells you when you can get stuff in the ground, how late you can get it in the ground, there's an early window, which really started more like earlier, uh, uh, you know, mid-August, which we talked about last month. But this window in September goes on for some things until late September, early, you know, end of September. So it gives you the window of planting. It tells you how far to thin your seedlings once you, let's say you planted a bunch of spinach, how much room to give between those plants. Spacing is really important. And everything that you could grow from seed right now. So. Awesome. It's very helpful. Yeah, it, and it gets pretty specific on planting dates, right, within yeah. like actual calendar yeah. dates, right? Yeah, for Oklahoma. Yeah, for Oklahoma. Yeah. And your state, if you're somewhere else, you would have something um, similar available through your extension office. But ours is really precise. It's it's very helpful on the timing. Another thing that I think is um, common for people to start thinking about this time of year as we approach the fall is those fall bedding plants, right? We want a little bit more color, a pop of color. So people start thinking about things like pansies, right? Um, So what are some tips as far as growing pansies or other fall bedding plants? Pansies are are eye, eye candy. They really are. I think that most people, if you've never grown pansies, you will be amazed, but they are absolutely gorgeous. Almost all winter, they go through a little stop gap or I call it sometimes freeze frame (laughs) where the plants just stop growing and don't do anything. Usually, you know, January and sometimes uh, February a little bit, but they're absolutely gorgeous. They come in every color. They come in all different sizes from the little tiny viola or Johnny jump ups to the big giant Mm -hmm. pansy varieties that look like little faces. There's little faces in the garden and then almost any color you can want. It's such an Um, easy way to spruce up the landscape in the fall. Yeah. And they're everywhere. So you're going to start seeing them in September. I bet they're not in the garden centers right now, but you'll see them the second week of September. So you can go ahead and take them home and you want to get them in the ground usually by the first of October. You can wait a little bit longer, but this month is pansy month. Get them in the ground. Now, what's hard, Josh, and I have this problem, is if I'm going to put them like in a, a container by the front door or something, is pulling out the plant that's there that uh-huh. still looks good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to do. Like the, like I have, I have that problem with my vegetable gardens, too. You know, yeah. plants that really need are petering out and need to be pulled out. But I'm like, I've loved you for the whole summer. Yeah, just... it, you get attached. <laughs> but pansies grow really um, even north of here and even more northern climates. I know they do really good in Illinois and that in that uh, uh, zone. And I don't know. I honestly don't know how far north you can grow them, but for Oklahoma and the south, they're a superstar. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So look for pansies. A lot of people will put blood meal underneath them, but I do want to warn you that attracts 
uh, varmints. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I just use a good organic fertilizer and you can buy those anywhere. Yeah. If you put the blood meal out, you'll probably get raccoons or armadillos or other things digging around. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So as far as perennials, then, um, what are some things that we can be doing with our perennials? In well, the you landscape? know, back to everybody has iris almost. If you don't, you should get some. Mm-hmm. They're so easy to grow. They're foolproof. They're beautiful. And they're easy to share. So if you don't, if your neighbor has some, this is the time when they're easily moved from your mom's garden, your grandma's garden, your neighbor's garden, or you can, you know, obviously you can divide your own and spread them out or whatever you choose to do. But it's easy to dig them, easy to divide them. And they're, again, almost completely foolproof. About the only way that you could actually destroy an iris bulb would be to completely let it desiccate, like throw Mm -hmm. it in a pile and forget it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I always tell that story where I pulled a bunch of irises out one July and then I went on vacation and forgot about them. I had thrown them in a pile on the lawn and when I got back it had rained and they were rooting into the Bermuda grass. Oh wow. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy and yeah. they probably wouldn't have survived if I hadn't moved them but they were trying to grow in the Bermuda grass lawn. That's hilarious. Yeah. So they we, really are so uh-huh. so bulletproof. Mm-hmm. I've had some that I've pulled out and just kind of tossed to the side and just completely left to die and they just found a way to I know just I know back down. I know and so right now September is the perfect time to pull share when you pull an iris you could write you know uh, you're going to pull them and thin out a bed if you have an iris bed that has quit blooming it's more than likely quit blooming because it's gotten too thick and it needs thinned so you just basically can go in and pull some of the irises out and relevel the bed with topsoil or compost or a mixture of the two. Okay. And then you can take those ones that you pulled out, cut the ends off of them, and you could even write, let's say you were going to share them with a friend and you wanted to write on them, oh, I'm making this up, but dark pink. And that way you'll know the one that you're giving to a friend is a dark pink one. You can write on there with a Sharpie and identify them that way. And then, of course, the other one is daylilies. Daylilies can also be shared right now. You pull them up, separate small baby clumps from the mother clump and then those can be transplanted to other places in your garden or stuck in a pot and shared with a friend and then you put the mother plant back into the ground okay yeah so most perennials they say you divide them in the opposite season and so irises and daylilies are a really good example of that in addition to being a good time for addressing some of our uh, perennials like irises and also things like daylilies what are some other flowers and things that we can be maybe propagating up or, yep. or dividing and, yeah. and sharing with Well, friends. of course, it's also mom time if you want to plant mums. Um, remember, here's a good tip, Josh. Uh, when you go to buy mums for your garden for fall, um, there's a whole bunch of them out there that are called florist mums. Mm-hmm. If they say on the tag, and they'll have to say this, if it says florist mums, um, they are not hardy. So you want garden mums. Garden mums are hardy, uh, but they sell them right next to each other in the garden centers and then the box stores. And so what you want to look for, if you're looking for something that'll come back next year in your garden is a garden mum, not a florist mum. And then of course they have all those lovely cabbage and um, ornamental cabbage and kale are available that are really pretty in the gardens right now. Those could all be planted the same time as your pansies. And uh, I think next month or in our next a podcast we'll talk about bulbs and planting fall yeah, bulbs. Fall planting but bulbs. cuttings can be taken as well. And you could be propagating things that you have in the garden or in containers right now. One of the ones that I love to propagate is coleus. 
it roots really, really easy. Mm -hmm. So if you have really pretty coleus that you bought at the garden center and you don't want to take the chance of not finding that color next year, um, a real neat and easy gardening idea is to take a tip cutting of that, you know, the end of the plant, a tip cutting of approximately two or, th uh, I'm sorry, about three inches, maybe at the most four inches. You don't want much longer than three inches of that tip. Pull off the lower leaves, put them in some water, and, and um, change the water every couple days so it doesn't get bad. And then when the water, I mean, when the cutting begins to develop some roots on it, go ahead and put it into a little pot in some potting soil and grow it like a house plant all winter. Mm. And then and it will get, if it doesn't have a lot of light, it might get a little bit leggy, but if you give it good light, it'll stay fairly bushy. And then next spring, after we have a, a no danger of a freeze or frost, you can plant that coleus back out in the garden. The reason that I don't do it, I don't do it so much as saving money because, you know, you could pick up a coleus plant for a couple dollars, but it's more that I'm afraid I won't be able to find that particular uh, sun coleus or shade of sun coleus that I love. Mm -hmm. There's one I've been propagating for years that's called schizophrenia, and it's a multicolor one. Now, you, you may be out there listening and thinking, well, but you could get in trouble because those some of those are patented varieties. But if it's if you're not selling it, it's okay to propagate plants for your own use within your own garden. That is not illegal. Does that make sense? If you're if you're working in a nursery and you start taking cut, cuttings off patented plants and sell them, that would be illegal. But if you're just propagating for your own pleasure, it's okay. And some of those sun coleus varieties are just gorgeous. Mm -hmm. They are. Oh, I love the one. Is it called Alabama Sunset? It's just a really pretty color. And they, you know, there are sun coleus and shade coleus, but the sun coleus are the ones they've done so much breeding and improved the varieties of, and there's really some good stuff out there. Now we're back online. So if you are okay. watching on YouTube, this is a coleus that's being cut <laughs> yeah. right here. Yeah. Coleus cutting. <laughs> now we have a picture of it if you're watching us. Um, anyway, Josh, that, you know, that kind of wraps it up for things to do in the garden. Um, I know there's a lot going on. Can we talk just a minute about what's going on with tall fescue in yeah. Oklahoma? Yeah, well, we've had just a, an intense summer, uh, just, just to put it lightly and in terms of record-breaking um, right? record stretches of, of heat and drought right. in many places. And we have had the past week or so some places that have benefited from some rain yeah. um, and temperatures have started to get a little bit more mild, but we really had an intense summer uh, and a summer that we haven't seen in decades. Right, And so we are seeing areas where cool season lawns like tall fescue are really suffering that some some suffering is in and dieback is going to happen every summer right. because tall fescue is marginally Adapting. adapted to Oklahoma conditions it, it does really well in in shady uh, settings and has has served well as a turf grass option but when you get a summer like we've had you just have to expect that there's going to be some loss and so there will probably be a lot of people that are thinking to themselves man, I need to, I need to think either about new options. I, I'm not going to try tall fescue again, or there's the people that are really committed to the, the tall fescue and they want that look and they, they want that turf grass blanket that it provides a really nice, beautiful stand in the right conditions. And so the fall specifically mid September into early October is really the best time to try to establish tall fescue and other cool it season. Cools off, grasses. Yeah. yeah. So there, um, there are a number of cool season grasses that can be established in the fall. Tall fescue is probably the most commonly used, although there there are some um, turf grass blends that in, include 
Kentucky bluegrass and tall fescue and other grasses that have shown to do really, really well here in Oklahoma. So definitely when you are going to be establishing um, a new stand of cool season grass, whether it's tall fescue or a seeded blend, it's not a bad idea to look at new varieties. If you've had one that you've used for a few years and it continues to suffer and die back every year, but you're committed to having a nice stand of turf grass in that area, um, there are some things you can do. We actually have a, a great fact sheet. We don't have it here to show you today, but it's called Managing Turf Grass in That's the Shade, really and it one. walks through some amaz yeah. um, amazing tips for you in terms of um, some strategies that you can implement if you're having some some struggle keeping tall fescue established and, or, or every summer you have some dieback. Um, it provides some good tips. Inevitably we, we like our lawns, uh, and I, I'm, I like a nice lawn as much as anybody. And so there will be people who want to reestablish or are needing to reestablish a tall fescue or other cool season lawn and September, early October is a great time to do that. Um, so if we're going to be overseeding and kind of renovating areas, we are going to be wanting to think about seed. Um, we may be needing to think about purchase of fertilizers. And we also, if we're around the Oklahoma City metro are going to probably need to think about applying for a variant, a watering variant, so that we can water oh, yeah. on days that, that, that yeah. are different than our odd even watering days. And so that's something that you really will want to plan for because to get that seed established, you need that continuous well, um, damp seed this. base. Yep, keep it, to keep it mm -hmm. wet and you're going to have to water, which means you have right. to talk to your, your city. But let me ask you this because I always um, have to think about this. What's the, what's the overseeding rate versus seed I mean, is this overseeding rate vary a lot if you're going over Bermuda grass or what is the seed general seeding rate? Mm, yeah. So there are different recommendations, but depending on what you're, uh, usually not eight pounds. There are different recommendations for seeding rates, depending on what you're, what it is that you're seeding. So yep. what the grass is, and then also the setting overseeding rates to, for like renovating right. areas of tall fescue or something are probably going to be somewhere around the four or five, six four pounds. Five. Okay, good. Um, but four to five pounds Eight is probably would be like if you're putting in a brand new one. I right? would say, yeah, a heavy seeding rate like that would probably be for establishing a new yeah, one, an okay. establishment. And, um, there's some really good, again, some of our fact sheets walk you through yeah. specific scenarios and, and yeah. seeding rates that are right. associated with okay. that. You can actually still do some sodding as well. If you've got, yeah. if you've got a warm season lawn area that yeah. you're wanting to, um, and you can sod with fescue too. You can right? sod with fescue. It's um, not cheap. I you think, can sod with with zoysia. You can sod with with Bermuda grass. Mm -hmm. More commonly with Bermuda grass. So if you do have some warm season lawn areas that you're wanting to renovate, you can sod some of those areas um, mm -hmm. still at this time of year. Although we're kind of getting to the end of that window where we're gonna. It's gonna be too late for them to it, root it'll, down. Well. We will limit our yeah. our successful yeah. establishment. Um, but definitely, if you're gonna be renovating cool season lawns, now's the time to do that. It's also the time to think about our weed management program. For the winter? So one of the things that I think is really, really frustrating for a lot of homeowners is that they will they will do a lawn management program, but they still have certain weeds that come through in the spring. And a lot of times it's because they opt either if they're managing it themselves or they, they opt not to have like a fall pre-emergent done right. uh, or they have the pre-emergent done too late in the season. There are certain weeds. We look at um, some of the the winter weeds that start to germinate like early October. 
depending on on conditions year to year and and some of them even late September. Right. And so this is a, a nice little graphic that um, is pulled from one of our fact sheets, our, our one of our lawn management fact sheets. And it actually shows you that um, perennial weeds and annual weeds have different kind of cycles in terms of when they're growing and when they're germinating. And there are a whole class of weeds that actually we don't see in the lawn or landscape until probably February or March, but, but they actually had germinated now. in like September, October. Like and so if we're not thinking about controlling them, then um, we're going to have some issues. So you can save yourself a lot of frustrations with spring weeds by doing a, a well-timed fall pre-emergent. So something to consider if you're trying to manage a nice lawn is is timing of your pre-emergence. And of course, all that stuff's in the fact sheet too. All yeah. of that's in the fact sheet you can refer to. Um, and you can also call us. We'd love to visit with you about, about that. Um, we also are continuing our farmer's market. That will continue through October. Yeah. And uh, so we'd love to have you come visit us at our Eastside Fresh Market every Tuesday, 4 to 7 p.m., we have local produce, beef, um, eggs, cheese, and other local craft items. Good um, cheese, good yeah, cheese. Yeah, some really, really fun stuff. And so we'll we'll be um, continuing that through October, and we'd love to have you visit us if you're here in the Oklahoma City metro. Uh, we also have a, a fall gardening workshop coming up, Julia. Yep, Tell us about that. do it all in the fall. This is part of our Four Seasons Living. Um, it's a free workshop. This, this year it's going to be on Tuesday night in conjunction with the farmer's market. Yeah. So... Um, we will, we don't, we do this, we flip around days and nights and try to catch everybody on this, but this workshop is really aimed at trying to um, tell you what you need to do for the next three months. So mm -hmm. it's kind of like the podcast, only we're going to go all three months, everything you need to do for the whole fall. So we, and we go really in depth. We uh -huh. spend three hours mm -hmm. and, and really yeah, kind of hit lawn it hard. Yeah, we and garden and I'm trying to see the date. It's the 26th, isn't it? September 26th. September 20th. Is it the 20th? It says 20th on here. I hope that's, that's right. right. <laughs> it is the 20th. Remember, yeah, we September that 20th. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, the 20th. I'm sorry. So it's on the Tuesday night, but come early and go to the farmer's market. It's free. And then we'll tell you everything you need to do and to keep your garden and your lawn. And we cover a lot on one thing that I'll cover in this one is um, if you want to pick trees for fall color, you should pick them in the fall. Mm -hmm. And I cover trees that give you great fall color. Too, and so. I'll talk a little bit about... Um, a little bit about a lot of things. I'll talk a little bit about um, composting of, of kind of fall leaves and things. And I'll also talk about what you might need to do to winterize your irrigation system oh, if you've got an irrigation system. Real so uh, lots of helpful information that we'll share there. Uh, with that, we, um, we will wrap up this podcast. We really appreciate you listening and for um, continuing to tune in as we share information. Look for us um, next month as we talk about October tips. And then in between, as we'll, we'll try to uh, continue to share other exciting, relevant uh, information as far as it pertains to gardening in and around the city. So thank you for joining us. Mm -hmm.